my name is John, and you're listening to the Packers Blitz Podcast, a podcast done by two diehard Packer fans who survived the 80s of Packer football and live to talk about it. This podcast is dedicated to the greatest fans of all, Packer fans. So tonight, we have a special treat for you, Packer Blitz fans. My special guest is Michael Nielsen. He's an entrepreneur, director, screenwriter, documentary filmmaker, uh, Last Day at Lambeau, which we'll talk about, among other things. He's also hosts his own podcast, and he, he owns his own business, Story First Media. And he's a diehard Packers fan and a good friend. So welcome, Michael. Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me. It's very fun to uh, to, to partake in this. I, I, I love talking about the green and gold any chance I get. Great. Did I forget anything? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. And, and, and that's great. And, and uh, I really appreciate that. Um, no, I'm I, uh, uh, busy, but, but doing a lot of things that we love doing. So, Yeah. He, um, yes. I mean, and I know Michael through... Um, he, I used to be his boss back in the day when we worked in the mall together and we just kind of grew as friends and he's had a wonderful career and it's been awesome uh, to know him not only in that lane, but also know him in, uh, as a friend. So yes, sir. And, and that maybe that's what you missed in my accolades is Suncoast. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I forgot Suncoast. There you go. Okay. So Michael, let's start with some quick, Fire questions, Packer questions here. Yes, sir. Rogers or Favre? Uh, I mean, my heart as the player on the field, my heart says Favre just because that was the the Ooh, hero at the time when I was, you know, uh, the young pup when I was the kid. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's yeah, probably yeah. always okay. the ones you grow up with. Okay, great. Throwback jerseys are just the better jerseys. Uh, I really like their traditional green home jerseys. Um, I haven't been a huge fan of their recent throwbacks. Um, mm, okay. But what I will say is the throwbacks of uh, that they sell in the pro shop of the 1960s uh, players, like the long-sleeved ones, I love yeah. those. Yeah, those are those are classic. I have to be honest with you, I kind of like the, the blue one with the yellow dot. I don't know sure. why, but I, it's interesting to me. Hey, look, um, we, we've never, we've never, hey, no, green and gold, the, the Packers green and gold never looked great on fans all the time uh, from a fashion yeah. standpoint. Not that that we care, yeah. but like the, the dark <laughs> navy blue on those jerseys solved that in a big way. Those look good on people for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Lambeau Field day game, night game. Night game, and I and I go to one a night, one a season. Um, I mm -hmm. actually was just at the Lions game that they lost, <laughs> um, uh, uh, and I was at the season finale last year against the Vikings, uh, the, the the home finale. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and and I, I love going to like a Sunday night game or or a three fifteen mm -hmm. game that goes tonight. I love that. Yeah, you don't mind all the people who have been drinking beforehand. You're a little <laughs> rowdy. I, I'm, maybe I'm one of them. Unless you, you know, you're one of them, are you one of them? I might be one of them. We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't go crazy, but I because uh, you, you, know, you got to drive back to Milwaukee. Yeah, but, but it's uh, uh no, you I didn't feel that, good. You know, that's where the mystique comes out is at night. Absolutely. And again, um, we have fans all over the country. We actually have people uh, check this out, Michael, listening from the Netherlands. Hey, so, my people. I'm Dutch. <laughs> there you go. Look what we got for you. 
Shout out to Friesland uh, and uh, Heronvane. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. So, Netherlands, we have one of your people on, so you got to love us even more. There you um, go. And again, if I know this, if Packer fans don't always get to go to Lambeau, but if you do, I, again, Michael and I, who have been there, you have to go figure out a way, okay? <laughs> because yeah. I trust me, once you go there, night game, he's right, it's magical. It, yeah, it is just the fireworks going off, the 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 lights going on and off, the celebrations, the the jump around. The, it, yeah. You cannot beat it. You, you, no. you just can't. And and I respect to all the other football stadiums out there. I've been at quite a bit. You just don't rival, even though like they're, how do I say, maybe better stadiums, like mm -hmm. they're really well done, right? Like SoFi More Stadium, modern, I've yeah. never been there. That looks like a pretty cool place to watch a game, right? Right. Right. But it doesn't match up to the, the majestic feeling when you're at Lambo. So no. last quick bar question. Cheese curds, do you like them fried or just the plain ones? Uh, honestly, fried. I, I wish that I uh, <laughs> preferred them not fried from just a health standpoint. But I, I actually, the squeaky cheese curds, I've never really seen what the big deal is about. As a, even as mm -hmm. a, a lifelong Wisconsinite, I've never really understood what mm -hmm. the passion is there. But get me uh, a deep fried uh, cheese curds at the old fashioned on the square in Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm there every day. Delicious, delicious. So, my first episode, uh, Michael, me and my friend Andy, we talked about why we love the Packers. So mm. now it's your turn. Why do you love the Packers so much? I mean, you know, the, it's probably not anything more interesting than just the they were the team that I was raised to love. You know, I I, <laughs> I was born in Milwaukee was there for about two months before my dad got uh, a, a new job in Rockford, Illinois. And then we moved there. Uh, so I lived, you know, the first 11 or so years of my life in, in Illinois in bears country. Um, mm. And uh, there was a time where my dad, you know, considered raising me as a bears fan, even though he's a lifelong Packers fan, just because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, Cause he wanted me to be able to like, you know, be part of the culture there and whatnot, but uh, thankfully yeah. he realized the error that that would have been. Um, yeah. However, there are some uh, blackmail photos of myself as a young child uh, wearing some oh. Bears colors occasionally. Uh, uh -oh. uh, but but ever since, no, they, I've Packers. You know, my dad would take me to Packers training camp every off season. Nice. Uh, you know, we I, I never was the kid on the bike, but I I walked with the players and got sure. autographs that way. Um, yeah. it's just yeah, it's it's part of my culture growing up. So tell me, do you still have your Brett Favre picture? Uh, oh yeah, um, when you're a little kid. <laughs> yep, I've got that one, and I've got the the ball that he's signing for us there. I've got it on my mantle in my dining room. The best. Although Brett Favre has had some recent issues, <laughs> we won't talk about it in this podcast. <laughs> right? No. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Again, I'm a Rogers guy. I'm not going to lie, but he's my boy. I, I love everything he does. And I get why people, just switching up here a little bit, I get why people have a hard time with Rodgers because when he walks in the room, he's the smartest guy in the room. I mm. mean, you know what I'm saying? Or he I do. at least puts that image out, right? Yep. And he, he kind of is a guy that 
unlike Favre, you know, he was, you know, Favre was mud and blood and guts and, you know, right. we're, we're, you know, he's, I still think that's tough. It, it, yeah. And that's my opinion. He's played through a ton of injuries. I mean, yep. you can go through the list he's played through, but he doesn't show it as much as Favre does. He doesn't come out and be like, oh, I busted my shoulder because, you know, right. Some, you know, he's like, this- yeah, my shoulder hurts. Okay. It's a totally different era, too. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's a, a totally right. Totally yeah, different era. He, I, I I relate, I think, on a personal level more to Rogers at, yeah. at that type of player. The more the more yeah. in his head, like less less yeah. showing on his face what he's feeling all the time. Yeah. But yeah, Far Favre was the romantic. Favre was you know what you pictured, yeah. you know, as a kid playing. That's yeah. what you would be like. The the thing is, Favre. And I still think Rodgers can, but Favre could play in any era. You could mm-hmm. put him in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. He could play, right? Yeah. Don't you agree with that? I do. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So first tough question. I'm putting you on the hot seat, Michael. Nice. What happened to this season? <laughs> what was wrong? <laughs> well, I can tell you what – so I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, okay, I think right. – it's because the Packers organization, they're, they're, you, mm. can, you can play, you can place blame pieces of the blame at every level. But my the way I'm feeling about it right now, a week after the loss, yeah. uh, but dose the game, the, right? I was at the game, and and yeah, that was that was mm. you know be, being being at the game made it a little bit better because you at least had the magic of the night as we were talking about. But um, sure. But it was, yeah. It's it's it. You really didn't think you were losing that game. We we were we were mm. we were not thinking that that game was going no, down. No, so not at all. I you know I, a week removed from that, plus a day after seeing the Vikings lose in the playoffs, which is almost as good as a Packers win. Um, I uh, uh, I'm feeling at this point now like the reason the 2022 Packers failed so much is because the Packers organization has mixed philosophies. They're not, mm. they, they don't have a single North star they're moving towards. They mm. are going in two conflicting directions. One that is, we've got the last couple years here with, you know, the greatest quarterback in the league, so to speak. Uh, uh, let's make the most out of it. Go all in that mindset, mm-hmm. resign all our yeah. guys for more than we would normally do all this kind of right. stuff, you know, live at the edge of the, the brink of the cap. And then, mm. You've got the conflicting philosophy of, but we're not going to bring anyone in really that's going to replace Devontae Adams, and we're going to yeah. you know draft you know young guys, uh, uh, and that's pretty much all we're going to do. Um, you know, almost that the the, the the usual philosophy of the Packers of you know draft and develop, and those yeah. two philosophies to me that you know make a decision. You got to get a pick one. Like if, sure. if they're if if we're right. not. It, Either go down by going all in these last couple right. of years, or mm-hmm. decide right. you're moving on because there's no, yeah. there's literally no point to re-signing Rodgers for sixty million dollars a year, and then basically treating the rest of the team as though you're planning for the future. Like there, there's no purpose to that. Yeah, you're exactly right, Michael. And you know that's something we brought up in my past podcast. Um, Here's here's my second question to that, kind of a piggyback question. Do you think uh, Gutekunst and LaFleur make a good team? Do you think you, – you kind of mentioned the front office. How do you think they work together? It's a great question. Um, I, I They certainly seem to be 
you know, I guess we'll say the obvious up front, which is mm. that there's so much we don't know, right? They're, they're so yeah. tight-lipped in this organization, oh. even yeah. beyond the other NFL teams, that there's so – all of it has to be kind of reading tea leaves. But but the tea leaves that I can see make me feel like, yeah, that I'm sure they get along fine, but they, again, they seem to have different philosophies. I feel like LaFleur is genuinely trying to win every year um, uh, with what he has. Um, and he's kind of trying to accommodate Rogers to one degree or another. Hmm. And, and there's a question there, right? Is, is he, right. is he being so accommodating to Rogers because that's who he is? Or was yeah. that a, a directive, a condition of his hiring as the replacement for Mike McCarthy that you have to yeah. like, you know, defer to this guy. Um, uh, but I feel like Gudekunst is the one who's like kind of operating on his own, philosophy and and even though they're supposedly equals in this new structure that mark murphy set up it yeah. seems like gudikins kind of does his own thing without really being on the same page with lafleur it does feel that way yeah so speaking of that new structure that they've yeah. done for the past few years the vikings tried it and it didn't work right <laughs> okay so i i get it right so we're both uh, we both manage people, right? Yeah. We both work with people yep. with you with your films. And first thing you understand is if there's too many cooks, right? Yeah. I just use that analogy, right? If everyone's telling you, "Hey, Michael, move, move the camera to this shot." Oh, actor, let let you know I want to come out of this door. Oh, right. no, I want to film it at morning. You you're gonna be like you're gonna flip out, right? You right. need to say right. no. We're going in afternoon. The actor's going to come through this door, and I'm going to set up this shot. Right. Right. You, <laughs> so, right. here's the thing with Mark Murphy, and uh, that's my other question for you. Do you think Mark Murphy is doing enough for the Packers? Well, so the, it's it's interesting to, to jump off of what you were talking about there with management. Yeah, you know, yeah. you you have. You at minimum as a manager need to have clearly defined roles of those underneath Correct. you, right? So, like in theory, I, I I still wouldn't be in favor of this structure, but in theory, on paper, I could imagine it working if you have uh, Gutekunst and Lafleur and Russ Ball, you know, with these really clearly mm -hmm. defined roles that they don't step on each other's toes and they report to a strong leader in Mark Murphy. But I don't get yeah. the impression that Mark Murphy is the guy. Who that you want that structure with like somebody mm. has to be, you know, a, a yeah. real vision layer, like a, like a real, <laughs> the guy who says, this is our North star. This yep. is what we're going after. Right. And I, and I, 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 Mark Murphy's done a ton for the organization, you know, yeah. you know, title town and all that is amazing. And it's, it's going to directly yeah. impact the product on the field for years to come. And I Absolutely. think he genuinely wants to win. I think he's got like one or maybe two more years left on his contract before he yeah. has to like automatically retire. So like I'm sure yeah, he wants him and Rogers are tied. Yeah. yeah. So he yeah. I'm sure he wants another Super Bowl here before he he gets done. Um, yeah. But like I don't know. It's it, I I still feel like he's kind of sitting in his office dealing with the corporate side of things, and yeah. then he's got three co-equal branches. Exactly right. Yeah, underneath him. So. Exactly. You, you hit it right on the head. So mm -hmm. what has happened in Mark Murphy's tenure, uh, Packer fans? The stadium is beautiful. Yeah. There's all new concessions. There's all new restaurants. The Packers Hall of Fame, if you haven't been, 
please go. It's gorgeous. It's it, everything is unbelievable. They have partnerships with this company and that company, and they, you know, their Wi-Fi has gotten better. I think. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and there's scouts at the games. I should say, preface that at the game. So everything on the outside looks great. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Yeah. So there's an old saying in football, scouts use it, okay? NFL scouts use it, where they say, looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane. Yeah. Okay? So it's that guy that shows up, and he's 6'3", 250, runs a 4'2", 40, and he can, you know, he does the shuttle thing and the passing thing and whatever the hell they jumping on shit. Whatever, right. right? And he's just, oh, my God, this is amazing. And you put him on the field, and there goes the running back. <laughs> Yeah, I passed him, and he's in the he's in the wrong gap. He overran the play. Yeah, he uh, committed a penalty, right? And that's kind of kind of feel like the Packers are like right now. Like Mark Murphy is saying, "Okay, guys, this is all shiny and nice. Look at this. Oh, this is great. Wow, look at the new training room. And now, wow. Okay, so win. <laughs> yeah." Right, right, and, 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 and all no of that. Direction. Like you said, there's. What do you mean, win? I yeah, I get win, but how, like, <laughs> right, the gap, right, and, and, and all of that. I know, I know, you believe this. Like all, all of that stuff you were listing uh, about, you know, title town and the stadium being beautiful and everything in the yeah, Hall of Fame. That's all super important because, like, like that. Yeah, that is the cool. stuff that is like going to secure the Packers place in green Bay for years to come. Yeah. And like, you know, they, they're being the smallest, you know, market in pro sports. They need to do right. things like that to keep up. But mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just that the, the product on the field is kind of confused right now. I just, yeah. I'm not entirely right. certain that everyone yeah. is aiming the right direction. Right. Right. And, and Goody's drafts, this, believe it or not, Michael, this draft is by far, by far his best draft. Yeah, because I agree. Christian Watson, Quay Walker, uh, you know, you got Keyson Nixon. Romeo Dobbs, he, yeah. Romeo Dobbs, he got all these guys and all these hidden gems and all this stuff. I mean, Quay Walker, if he can stop being a moron, right. stop <laughs> pushing people. Right. I get it. But, you know, just step away and be like, nope, I'm right. not getting involved in that. I get it. You're on the football field. You're all revved up. You're ready to fight. I, I, but if some guy just comes in there with a jacket and he's not wearing a jersey, just leave. <laughs> just right. Walk away. Right. Um, you know, we just need more consistency from the rookies. Yep. But all in all, um, yeah, I'm well, really well pleased with this draft class. And, and I agree. You know, they, they did really well. Now, <laughs> you come into this draft class. And you have to basically do the same thing again because what right. do we need? We need, and by the way, I want you to have my draft special. Hopefully, you can do that. Great. Um, and we want to bring guys in who are like this. Now we have the Georgia line, you know, we're right <laughs> guys in Georgia, which is fine because they're an established college football program right now. Right. Back to back national championships, probably going to win a one they're established that's okay let's get right. guys from there however don't forget about the guys that really get the job done for the packers like nick collins nick yeah. collins he's from like bethan cookman or something right I don't right know. right he's from wherever not a powerhouse right but one of the greatest safeties ever yeah ever for that so let's move on to the next topic then 
Well, real quick, just on that point, just, 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 just to add on, you, 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 you correctly said, uh, I agree, that, that, that this draft class is, is a great draft class. It's the first truly great draft class of Gutekind's career or as, as GM of the Packers. Uh, can you imagine, though, this, this just goes to the lack of cohesion and the focus of what the team's going for. They didn't yeah. do anything in free agency before 22 outside of Sammy Watkins, mm-hmm. which was always going to be kind of like a, you know, a yeah. surprise thing if he turned out. Yeah, the, the, right. They didn't do anything to 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 strengthen the wide receiver core or the tight no. end room or anything no. after Devontae Adams leaves. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if that draft class didn't turn out the way it did? Like Ugh. it's it's it, 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 yeah. it to some extent they were lucky that they were so that oh, yeah. they turned out the way they did. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. It's and they still missed the playoffs. So it, it's just yeah. to me that's you don't lean on the on the draft as your Mm-mm. influx of talent. When no. you're supposedly going all in, um, yeah. so it's just, and I'm, and I'm not even saying that. Like, I get they're right at the edge of the cap uh, yeah. for, for the year, so it's not like they have a ton of money to spend. No, but I don't understand why they're. I feel, I feel like I wouldn't. I'd, I'd be cutting certain people. I wouldn't be paying certain people the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. I'd be finding there's a way to have more free agents come in here, and I and I believe Rogers is motivated towards that. So I might even yeah. be able to convince rogers to take less in a certain way if i were yeah, doing yeah that but yeah. Knows. so in our previous podcast we have broken it down uh my buddy andy broke it down yeah so rogers is due 53 million dollars next season a little bit more than that aaron jones is due 20 million bakhtiari is due 15 million i right. believe and then we got guys like robert Tunyon. Do you pay him? Right. We got some offensive linemen. Do we pay them? We got Adrian Amos. Do we pay him? Yeah. Savage. Do we pick up his option? So it's really going to be an interesting offseason because I just, I think Rogers is a man of principle, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that says, hey, man, I busted my butt here for how many years? Right. You know, figure it out. I want my money. Now, can you blame them? I never, and I know this sounds maybe selfish on my end, but if I was a football player, i take all the damn money they're going to give me. Because oh, I for know sure. When, in my early 20s, the late 20s, I'm done. It's over. Yeah, right. What am I going to do? You know? Completely. I don't begrudge any player for doing that either. It's, it's, it's purely just thinking about you know what there 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 are ways that you can find money under this cap and yeah there's gonna be a lot of restructuring being done but yeah Uh, so anyway awesome i love that so we all agree that you know we we got to do something have direction we got to be all in we got to figure it out and they can figure it out because they have some really good financial people with russ ball he's he's worked miracles in the past Time to do it again, Russ. Right, right. <laughs> so one of the things I want to know is Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the big thing was when Rodgers was starting to slip a little bit and everybody was screaming, Jordan Love, Jordan Love. And I was like, are you people stupid? <laughs> <laughs> if he would have beat out Aaron Rodgers, don't you think he would have played? And by the way, if you watch any preseason games, he was playing against vanilla defenses, uh, against sometimes the starters, yes. He couldn't win a game. Could not get it. Now, did he look good in his garage, his garbage duty against Philly? Yes. 
The ball right. came out. He was thrown. But Philly was like, we're up, man. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> right. Better start covering someone. So let's say, no, oh, this is going to break my heart. Let's say Roger says, I'm done. I'm going surfing. I'm going to hang out with, uh, you know, my buds. And we're just going to have a good time. Yep. And have some ayahuasca. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, we got Jordan Love. What do you think? It, think it's hard to it. know, right? I I, I think yeah, he's going to be enough. better than we've seen him before. But he he, you know, what's his ceiling, right? You just you just don't really mm. know until we see some extended looks at him. And that's kind of what's the most frustrating part about this. Yeah, is the fact that they got eliminated in the final game as opposed to six games earlier. <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. have had six games to look at him. Mm -hmm. um, but because they weren't eliminated, you couldn't do that. You had to keep Rodgers no. playing. Uh, so it's almost no. the worst of all worlds that they <laughs> they they went on the streak they did yeah. and only lost the last game. Because we could have had a better look and better known. Because now it's it's a total mystery box. It's whatever you whatever your yeah. hopes are. Jordan Love could be yeah. that. Yeah, and you know what the funny thing is, um, <laughs> it it's people don't understand guys like Mahomes, Rodgers. Brady, who I hate, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a whole thing on him anyway. Um, so those guys came in and it had pretty much immediate success, right? Yeah, I part. mean, it's right? hard to know what it's hard so, to know what Rogers would have right. done in those first three years, right? But still, yeah, correct. So the only thing I say is when McCarthy was coaching us. In the 2007, and I, I think you may have brought this up. We'll talk about your documentary here in, in a couple minutes. But there was rumors that they wanted to put Rodgers in when Favre started to have trouble. Right. But McCarthy didn't pull the trigger because he's frankly scared of Favre. Yeah. <laughs> Who isn't at that time? Uh, and, you know, it's to me, it's almost the same situation, which, again, when we talk about your documentary, we're right back to where we yeah. started. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, 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 it's history repeating itself, totally. And, and hopefully yeah. it doesn't repeat itself as dramatically as Favre's did. No, the Vikings not. And all that. Um, yeah. But the uh, but yeah, you're right that it's the same dynamic where McCarthy comes in and takes over coaching Favre, who, you know, he is deferring to Favre because of the dynamic yeah. between the two of them. And now Lafleur is doing the same thing. It'll be interesting to see what happens with whatever quarterback was Jordan Love or whoever else under mm. LaFleur after this, the dynamic will be totally different. Correct. Correct. So let me ask you, do you think, I know there's not much of a, like you already said, uh, kind of, it's a mystery, but do you think Jordan Love could lead the Packers to the Super Bowl similar to what Brock Purdy's doing with the 49ers? I think he's he could, but 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 I wouldn't bet my money on it without more information, right? But it's possible. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll hope he, for it. <laughs> here, here's the thing, Michael. As we know, guys like Ben Roethlisberger, when he was with the Steelers, they just yep. surrounded him with so much talent. Right. He couldn't fail. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're not getting to a Super Bowl with this team, whether you're good or not, doesn't matter. We no, have you're right. I wouldn't. I so wouldn't. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't say that Jordan Love would get us to a Super Bowl like this upcoming year. I, w I wouldn't bet on that. No. Um, no. But I, I uh, you know, the, the comparison to this place in, in Rogers' history, yeah. you know, we, yeah. Love has now been the backup for three years. 
So this is this is the exact moment that Rodgers took over comparatively. So at yeah. this moment in Rodgers' career, we didn't know anything as fans then either. We heard rumors throughout the organization mm-hmm. through, from mm-hmm. reporting that they really liked what they were seeing uh, yep. and that they were confident enough in him. But we didn't know anything. So part wow. of me wants to say we're in the same boat with Love right now. And it's just the sheer odds are so against mm-hmm. the idea that you're going to have a third Hall of Fame quarterback right up the bat. Um, yeah. We probably won't have that. But will he be Will he be Lynn Dickey? You know, could he be, you know, Don Bukowski? Yeah. Could he be one of those guys? Because those guys, I think, could have gone to the Super Bowl, too, in a given yeah. year. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Here's the last hot seat question. Will Rodgers retire or stay? Right now, I'm betting he's going to come back for one more year, and this will truly be it. Um, okay. That's, that's my bet. Okay. If so, we kind of already talked a little bit about it. Do you honestly, and I'm, I'm making you be honest on yeah, this, yeah, yeah. we can get back to another Super Bowl with Rodgers? I think, we, I think they absolutely can, um, okay. but it's going to require a unity of focus. If, mm. if he comes back this year, the whole organization top down needs to decide, okay, mm. we're paying this guy close to 60 mil. Are, there's no point in us doing that if we're not going all in. Are we going all in yeah. or are we not? Um, yeah. So if they go all in, it, it it could absolutely like the, the the to me the most the two most frustrating seasons in the Rogers era are, are <laughs> the way they ended were 2014 for obvious reasons oh. in Seattle oh, and no. and 2020 uh, uh, the pandemic year against oh. Tom Brady at Lambeau because oh. both of those years those were legit Super Bowl teams. Super Bowl teams, yeah. yeah so, Absolutely. so you know, the Packers were ready to go to the Super Bowl, and I, and I think honestly, could have won the Super Bowl both of those years. And it, totally it that's what makes those such heartbreakers. If they go all in this year and and do the same thing they did in, in 2019, where you know they bring in a Zadarius Smith, they bring in a Preston Smith, they bring in a yep. Adrian Amos, all that. If they do all that, sure, they could go to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And 2014 and 2020. The two common denominators for him were coaching moves, right? Yeah. yeah. We're on the eight-yard line in 2020 at Lambeau. We can't punch it in. It's fourth and three or whatever it was. You got to go for it, LaFleur. Yeah. You just have to. Yeah. And woulda, coulda, shoulda, and blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Every Packer fan, if you would have went for it on fourth and three, and let's say I don't know, Rogers overthrows somebody and you don't make it, and they get it at the eight, um, everyone's like, okay, wouldn't you be like, okay, all right, you try, we get it, you know, win or lose, we got it. Do you, do you think you would have had that attitude? Well, and I have to be honest again because uh, you're you're requesting <laughs> honesty out of me. At the at the moment <laughs> that that all happened, I actually was in favor of kicking the field goal. But I, but mm. even I, in retrospect now, and I think Lafleur also, based on his play calling sense, he he seems oh. to regret that decision. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was the wrong move. It, it, in in 2014, it was like um, if it could go wrong, it, it it did go wrong. That was an act know? of God. Yeah, I don't it know what that was. Yes, it was <laughs> absolute act of God. It, it it was like somebody went, you know, called Roger Goodell and said, "Hey." Or right. lose this game. We have your family hostage. Exactly. A good movie, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. We take Roger Goodell's family hostage. Packers right. win Super Bowl. All right. I like that. Um, 
Okay, so you did a documentary a number of years ago, which I have the link on my website called Last Day at Lambeau. And it was an awesome uh, documentary about the whole Farve Packer marriage, divorce, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Could you just, what you remember of that, could you talk a little bit about it and maybe give us a little, our listeners, a little bit behind the scenes stuff that you didn't get into the documentary? Sure. Yeah. No, that, it's, it's, uh, so we released it in 2012. We were filming during uh, all of the, the, the drama as it was unfolding from 2008 oh, yeah. to 2010. Um, and so, yeah, if you go back and watch that right now, you'll see a very young Tom Pellicero in it when he was still writing for ESPN 1500 in, in the Twin Cities. Um, now he's, you know, very famously, you know, the, the heir apparent to Ian Rappaport with NFL Network. Um, yeah. uh, uh, we have a number of other people, uh, Wayne Larravee is in the film, Lori Nichols in the film, uh, uh, Tom Silverstein, all the, all the beat reporters that you read on a regular yeah. basis today, Pete Doherty. Um, and so, uh, we, we wanted to capture at the time, it just, it felt like a movie that was unfolding before our eyes. And so we just started oh. filming. We didn't know how it was going to end. Um, yeah. and so by the time it was over, uh, it felt like the the kind of ending with the story was the final game for Brett Favre at Lambeau Field, which was on October twenty mm. fourth, two thousand ten, as a member of the Vikings, um, where he lost uh, finally, and and the Packers were yeah. able to quote unquote move on. Now, who yeah. knew that at that moment they were going to go on to win the Super Bowl that year too? Like, if they don't Ooh. win that game in retrospect, they don't even get mm -hmm. into the playoffs. So, <laughs> yeah, um, right, yeah, it's a pretty wild wild ending uh, uh, beyond even what we did. Um, but, uh, but it, it's a super compelling story still. Um, and yes. you're right, it's, it's repeating itself now in, in many ways. Um, it, ha it, this, it, it will, the way that this becomes for the, some, cause some people are so young now, they, they don't even really have clear, vivid memories of that drama. Um, no. and, and so what I, the way I would articulate this to someone in their twenties or whatever, who might've been too young to really appreciate how crazy that was. Yeah. Everything that's going on with Rodgers right now is crazy, but it has to be ratcheted up to another level when he actively <laughs> seeks to go to the Minnesota yeah. Vikings to play yeah. against the Packers. Um, yes. That's what it, separates it would mean. It would mean Rodgers going to the Bears. Right. That right. would ratchet that up yeah. pretty darn quick. <laughs> and, 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 and not just finding himself there, but actively engineering his path there so yeah. he can get revenge on the Packers. That That is what happened with Favre. Um, and yeah. that's pretty wild. So, um, but yeah, from, from a behind the scenes standpoint, it was great. It was a very small team. It was just me, uh, my dad, who's also my producing partner for many years, Dave. Um, and, uh, uh we had a, a DP <laughs> that we worked with on our commercial stuff that we brought along. David King, uh, shot the whole movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we, we really did it without thinking a whole lot. So it never, um, uh, ended up getting worldwide distribution. Um, but it, it did end up getting broadcast in 2016 statewide on Wisconsin public television. Um, and then, uh, it did the festival circuit yeah. 2012 and was in competition at the Austin film festival and the Milwaukee film festival. And, um, and that was very fun. Um, uh, I yeah. was actually living in Austin, Texas at the time we were filming. So uh, there's some footage <laughs> of like Austin Packers fans in there. And, and uh, that's yep. kind of the connection there. But So it was really an amazing documentary because if you grew up as a Packers fan and you know the drama behind the scenes, I remember too, every year was the same thing. Is he going to come back? Is he not going to come back? Yep. Is he going to be here? Is he not? 
there is a, I don't know if it's in your documentary, it might be, where Mike Sherman uh, asked, uh, asked Favre, so are you going to retire? And, and Favre really kind of laughs it off. He goes, well, Mike Sherman goes to Favre, well, if you could just play this game, I'd really appreciate it. And yeah. You see them <laughs> joking about it, you know, because right. that's what it became almost a joke. Like, and that was where it was different. So one of the things about Favre is people don't understand. He comes up with this, oh, shucks, I just want to play football, coach, you know, kind of <laughs> attitude. No, he's not. He is diabolically smart. So one of the things, <laughs> one of the things I, I, I wish you would put in your documentary, but obviously you didn't have uh, access to these people. So um, the person before Russ Ball, uh, I believe uh, Brandt. Um, oh, yeah, Andrew Brandt. Andrew Brandt. So he yep. does a little, of course, talks about everything. And he said, this is one of my funny stories about it. So one of the things is Andrew Brandt, um, <clears throat> we negotiating and, and Favre would come in, oh, shucks, I just want to play football. And he was with his agent at the time, and he's been with his agent forever. Um, anyway, so they're talking, and Andrew Brandt slides over like, I don't know, like, Three years, four years, 12 mil, signing bonus is six. Right. And, and Brett Favre looks at it and, and looks up at Andrew Brandt and goes, No, Jim Kelly's getting 10 million and he's getting 15 million over what? Right? He right. knew what Jim Kelly was getting. He knew what Steve Young was getting. He knew all the top quarterbacks, what they're getting, what their signing bonuses. He knew all that. Right. So, if you think you're just pushing one over on him, no, no, and, no. He's it, it's it's a it's yeah. a it, it's absolutely a performance. Um, it was a performance that 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 played like a great performance in a movie. I mean, like that's what made him so compelling to watch. Was that we wanted to believe that that's what that character was. Um, Correct. And, and obviously, since he's retired, as you said, like you know, we've seen a bit more of who he really is in in, in non football mm. sphere. Yeah. Um, uh, but as a football player, he, he was just yeah. so damn compelling as a yeah. folk hero. Um, yeah. And and you're right, you know, all those years of him, you know, waffling. And, you know, I, I remember I used to have my fantasy league's name was Brett Favre's <laughs> Waffle House for this very reason. Um, and, uh, I love it. Yeah. And uh, it. Uh, but all those years of him waffling. The comparison I would make to today with Rodgers is I feel like we just witnessed the moment you'll recall uh, the the season finale in 2006, um, yeah. when, after beating the Bears, Favre is on TV and he's asked, "Is this your final game?" And he starts crying, answering the question. And I remember yeah. watching that and thinking, "Like, oh, he's really done. He's done." And yeah, then he done. came back in 2007 and almost went to the Super Bowl. I think that's where we're at right now. I think yeah. we I so. we have one more year with Rodgers, and and uh, he, they're, they're going to make a real run. They're going to go deep in the playoffs. I yeah. predict in 23. All right, you heard that, Packer fans. From- yeah from my buddy michael and we're gonna have him on you know from time to time as our special guest uh especially in the draft i'm gonna convince him i'm gonna i'm gonna try to uh not sucker him in but i'm gonna bribe him to be right. on our draft special <laughs> right right <laughs> and some other shows too so i'll bribe him don't worry <laughs> this is this has been wonderful michael i i, I love getting a different viewpoint especially someone who did a documentary and and kind of lived a different um, life, being kind of started out as a bear fan, boo, but then yeah. kind of changed the tune to making documentaries and, and the love of Packer football. So 
you're working on a documentary right now. Tell me a little more about it. So uh, we actually just finished delivering all the assets to the domestic distributor today. So um, this is one I have been working on since 2014. So we Mm. started filming this in May of 14. um, And it is a true crime documentary chronicling the notorious Tom Monfiles murder investigation, also in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, Just ironically that both of these first movies are in Green Bay. Um, uh, But this one uh, is a story. So... It, it, for those of you who, who know nothing about Green Bay other than the Packers, if the Packers didn't exist, Green Bay would primarily be known as a paper mill town. It, it's it's yeah. the, the toilet paper capital of the world. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it is it is it is it, so it much is. paper comes out of Green Bay, it's insane. Yes. So uh, uh, this is a story about the the uh, a paper mill worker who in 1992 goes to work, has a confrontation with some of his coworkers over someone stealing a piece of scrap metal uh, or or rather scrap cord from the mill. Um, uh, And he disappears and is found at the bottom of a pulp vat with a 50 pound weight tied to his neck via a makeshift jump rope. Um, And so uh, there ensues a two year long investigation uh, which ends up culminating with six of his coworkers being sentenced to conspiracy to murder him uh, uh, in, in, for life in prison. Um, mm. And one of them remains in prison to this day, kind of the ringleader, so to speak, Keith yeah. Kutzka. Um, uh, but all five of the others have either been released on uh, parole or habeas corpus, right. uh, and then one of them died in prison. Um, so... We started filming this in May of 2014 after Last Day at Lambo came out. Um, we were approached by some of the people who saw the film and said they had our next story for us. And, you know, you get that all the time. And then and, and this one turned out to be the case. Um, mm. And uh, it's a huge production step up. You know, the you know Last Day at Lambo is very much we started filming without really thinking. This one, from the first moment we started filming, we, we yeah. made sure we had our ducks in a row. Sure. That sounds really interesting. Um, I can't wait. Um, so when is it going to be out? When can we see it? So so right now, uh, uh, it is loosely scheduled to be released on digital uh, platforms. So domestically in the United States, that'll be Apple Movies, uh, Amazon, Roku, uh, anywhere you can buy or rent a digital film. Uh, it's yeah. going to be released on March 28th, uh, available for pre-order on February 28th. That is the mm. current plan. Like I said, I just uh, delivered all of the assets yeah. today, so I'm hoping that that doesn't change. <laughs> but, yeah, we got uh, it. We, we'll see we got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will. Well, once you get that, uh, uh, throw me the link to it so I can put it on the website and we can uh, talk about it more. That that sounds really awesome. I'm getting slowly into true crime. Sure. Um, uh, I, I listen to. We have another podcast where we uh, where I do it with a couple of other friends of mine. Called it's a paranormal podcast. Oh, so very we might cool. Do, do uh, uh, true crime down the way, uh, but yeah, it's super interesting how people can just like how does this happen, right? It's just right. Well, like, and that's the question we can't. We went into it with uh, yeah. beyond just uh, recounting what happened at the trial and whatnot. Because in recent years, there's been further investigation that has taken a different angle and suggested that mm. perhaps this wasn't a murder at all. And in fact, it was suicide, um, wow. uh, which would really be wild to think about. Yeah, because yeah, then yeah. You've got these six coworkers whose lives were upended for nothing, hypothetically, if that's true. No. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a wild story. Yeah. And, and, and I'm really excited to, to release it. Yeah. For and I, I love documentaries and, and, 
you know, one of my favorites one is called the Memphis Three. Oh, sure. Uh, where, you know, those kids were convicted of satanic crimes and they killed these two little kids. And then, like, Pearl Jam yeah. got involved and Metallica got involved. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I love documentaries. Um, and uh, I would definitely check it out. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining me on this. Oh, my um, pleasure. I'd love to come back. Absolute joy. You are more than welcome back. And um, one thing, like I tell all my Packer fans, including you, Michael, <laughs> make sure you like and subscribe us so we can be big someday. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Maybe have guests on like Aaron Rodgers someday. But yeah, right. if you like and subscribe us, you know, as you know, be an independent filmmaker. Hey, these are the guys that make the real films, in my opinion. There's nothing wrong with the Marvel movies. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with Avatar. But these are the guys who paved the way for those movies. So please, you know, go check out uh, his, his documentary. I will put a link on there. And again, loved having you on. You have a great night, Michael. And we will talk soon. Thank you. And I suppose I should just mention the title of the film is Beyond Human Nature. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There we go. Behind hu beyond human nature. Yes, you would need to know the title. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> My fault. Yes, thank you so much, John. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll catch you later, Michael. All right. Take care.